0: Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name's Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest, Sam Brody, who's been a man of many projects from uh, running a service business and productizing that, then building a course, and now building a software product. Sam, welcome to the show.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Chris. Great to be here.
0: You have a, a wide variety of experience that I think speaks to some of the different areas that course creators um, need to develop or are strong and weak in. So just to provide a little more detail, can you take us on a tour of what the service was, uh, what happened to that, and then the course, and then what you're working on now, just the high-level overview of those three areas? Sure. So...
1: Well, I'll go back a little bit further, but I'll go quickly. So I started in—I uh, started with WordPress in 2010. I was a freelancer then and was on the revenue roller coaster that's familiar to a lot of freelancers. Uh, so in 2013, I partnered with my, my current business partner who had just graduated law school. And we decided to uh, take what I had learned with uh, freelancing and apply that to an agency. Um, and specifically, a, a niched agency that provided uh, web design and marketing services for attorneys. Um, again, my, my co-founder was an attorney, so he had uh, some domain expertise that helped in the sales process there. Um, so we grew Juris Page, our our niche uh, design agency, from twenty thirteen through 2016, at which point it was acquired. Um, And then after that, I uh, created and released my course on Udemy. Um, And that just kind of goes over all the lessons learned uh, building the agency. And that's kind of been a feeder into Offsprout, which is my current business. Um, which is a website builder uh, for WordPress. So lots that of stuff. That's
0: awesome. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for the high level overview. Um, as we go back, a lot of the people in this community they start off uh, the the course subject matter comes from the consulting or the freelancing or the service business they did. Which in your case uh, was building this this website and marketing package for the lawyer niche. Why did you? St- Why'd you start with, why'd you pick that niche? Was it because you found that business partner who who was in that niche or did you go looking for a lawyer because you wanted to be in that niche?
1: Uh, So this was actually my uh, roommate freshman year and then a few years into college. Um, So, it, and and, you know, we got along well together and we wanted to start a business together. Um, So it kind of made sense to target the legal niche. But beyond that, it, it's a. It was a good niche for us to target because there are, you know, almost a hundred thousand law firms in the U.S. They have money to spend on marketing. They want to spend money on marketing, um, and they're at the time, at least, they were somewhat underserved, and a lot of them had pretty bad websites. And uh, you know, a lot of them still do have bad websites. So there's still. Space in the market. If anyone's looking to get into a specific vertical or into the legal vertical, um, but you know the the three things that I look for are domain expertise, um, the size of the market, and the ability of that
0: market to pay for marketing services. So you said 2013 to 2016, you got acquired. Mm-hmm. What was the business like? pre-acquisition like right before you got into all that part of selling the business like what did it look like what did you create it?
1: yeah so we um the, the first year was uh you know fairly slow revenue as we were under six figures second year we grew to you know over six figures in the third year we um doubled again um and at, that, at the time that we were acquired, we had over um, 100 clients that were, you know, in our, in our book of business. We, we charged everyone recurring revenue, the minimum um, that we would charge is 100 bucks a month for
0: a monthly, you know, maintenance and service package. What was in that, the maintenance, the monthly uh, maintenance and service package at a minimum? Was it marketing or was it like keeping the website up to date or both?
1: Yeah, good question, because that's an area that a lot of freelancers and even people who are going into the agency world just don't do right yet, I I feel. Um, So our base package was just uh, hosting. We did monthly reporting, uh, traffic and leads reports, which was all automated. Um, And then we included up to two um, revisions per month. Um, most of our clients wouldn't use those but every now and then you know a client would need revisions and so uh, included in that package was up to two revisions and we classified a revision as a single email or phone call so um, we tried really hard to train our clients not to send a waterfall of emails because that's a productivity killer and if you're um, productizing your design agency, you want to have things as as uh, efficient as possible
0: that's awesome so at what point did did you go to the productized model where it's it's not just custom anything or did you start that way from the very beginning
1: yeah so once once I switched from freelancer to the agency, we kind of had that productized mentality from the beginning i didn't actually hear the term until maybe 2014 and that kind of, I was like, oh, that's exactly what what we're trying to do. And now I can like look up that term um, specifically and see what other people are saying about it. Um, but, you know, for anyone that's not familiar with it, it's basically uh, documenting your processes and making them as repeatable as possible. Um, so that you can produce a consistent product and train new employees really easily. Um, and you know, you eliminate, um, bottlenecks and inefficiencies in your documentation and kind of figuring out the assembly line of the
0: the productized service. That's awesome. So when you were getting acquired, how many people were actively working with the business?
1: Yeah. So, uh, I've had a few people ask me that recently and I actually can't remember if it was, I I think it was five and we were about to hire a sixth. Um, but you know, I stayed on for, um, about three months full-time and then another half a year or uh, another nine months half-time after we got acquired as part of the acquisition, uh, contract. Um, so I can't remember when these people. Were hired, whether it was before or after, Um, but yeah, we had. So
0: just to highlight, though, like five people with a hundred clients, like that, you pretty much have to be productized to do that kind of volume with that small a team,
1: right? And yeah, and and we were create. You know, we were signing about five, five ish, maybe five plus new clients per month, and so at any given time, we would have you know ten projects up in the air plus our existing clients whatever requests came in from them so yeah it's it's very it was very important for us to have all of our processes documented
0: that's awesome unfortunately we see a lot of course creators and entrepreneurs fail and one of the things that i noticed that can help is a good partnership what did you bring to the table and what did your business partner bring to the table like how are you different
1: yeah that's a good question um I well I think the most important thing um beyond just having complementary skill sets is just liking the person that you are partnering with and knowing that you can argue but that you're arguing in good faith and and have a process for uh coming to a decision um and so I I feel very grateful that i've found a business partner i mean we we don't argue that much but when we do it's it's friendly and we always you know end up on the same page after and that i I can't say enough how important that is um but beyond that we did have complementary skill sets i you know i'm a developer um and he handled the marketing and sales stuff and he's uh, he's much better at task switching than I am, uh, and I always tell him this. Like I, I'm just terrible when it comes to task swish, task switching. Um, so I, you know, I'll I'll have to like block off four hours at a time to to work on one thing, or else my productivity is is killed. But he can just you know switch between marketing tasks, sales tasks, and get stuff done. Um, and so I think that 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 comp Complementary skill set was really important for us.
0: That's awesome. That reminds me at Lifter with my business partner Thomas, who you've met. Thomas is developer. I'm more the business the marketing guy, and um, that sounds like our relationship. And we do argue in a in a productive way. In a we we have each other's best interests at heart, but we're we we both take a stand on issues, um, whether it's around just efficiency or whatever, just it's a, it's a healthy tension, you know? I just right. Say that.
1: Yeah. Right. And you want that pushback in your business partner because you don't like, it's not helpful, helpful to have a yes, man. Cause you're not going to be right. A hundred percent of the time you want other ideas and you want someone challenging your ideas. And so, you know, sometimes we'll, we'll land on what I was thinking going into an argument. Sometimes we'll land on what he was thinking going, Uh, Going into the argument and sometimes we'll, you know, figure out a better solution than what either of us uh, were thinking so um, Yeah, you should you should embrace conflict when it comes and and again just having a business partner that also has that mentality and can argue with you without Taking it personally is really important Yeah, I couldn't agree more Um,
0: What was the name of your course?
1: Uh so it's productized uh how to build a seven figure uh productized design agency, something like
0: that <laughs> i think it's web design business web design business yeah so you're teaching basically your experience of what happened, like how you grew this thing and how you sold this thing right uh, yeah um so what for those who are who are running a as a have a freelancer or growing into an agency or are a small agency or medium agency when how did the acquisition happen, and what is it that they're actually buying? Are they buying your book of business? Are they buying your processes? Are they buying the team? Can you just help somebody who hasn't who's curious about selling an agency like how it works?
1: Yeah, good question so um, in terms of what are they buying, they're kind of buying all of that and and I'll get into that in a little bit um, the way we were acquired, we had had this sort of uh, friendly partnership with another company in the legal space, um, which uh, reminds me, it, it's uh, um, if you are looking to be acquired eventually as a web design agency, being in a niche is um, definitely a huge advantage because um, if you're not in a niche, then the only potential acquirers essentially are, uh, larger agencies and they're just buying a book of business. Um, but if you're in a niche, then you're, um, more attractive to other companies in the niche as a value add, which is, is what we were. Um, but so we had been, you know, sending leads back and forth with this, uh, company for a while. Um, we, we basically, Established the relationship as soon as we found it in 2013 Um, So we had an existing relationship for a a number of years And in 2016 or late 2015, maybe it was uh, We approached them and said, hey, why don't we white label Web design, uh, our web design service for you guys And, you, you know, you can sell it to your clients and we'll take care of everything And they countered, how about we buy you instead Um and so going into that, I, I, you know, we weren't really looking to sell and I, to be honest, didn't think that, uh, it would happen until, you know, a week or two, um, before it actually did, uh, there, there were a lot of negotiations, uh, but it, you know, they, they wanted to buy the book of business. They liked that we were, um, highly efficient, um. And they liked that we had all of our processes documented. Um, what else?
0: You guys had to stay on for some time too with them for the transition, right? Right,
1: and yes. Yeah, so they they wanted our, our expertise and also our brand. So um, at the time, uh, we were like we had pretty good brand recognition in the legal space, and you know that was just um, increasing, um, by the year. Um, and we had a well traffic blog, so they wanted to buy the, the brand as well and, you know, benefit from that brand equity. Uh, but then, yeah, they, they wanted us to stay on as well. So they wanted that expertise to be brought in. They wanted our kind of marketing skills, um, for the other parts of their business as well. Um, so a, a lot of things, but, um, if you're, thinking that your eventual exit is going to be an acquisition and not just, you know, transitioning out of the business and having someone else run it and earning passive income, which is a good alternative. If you're thinking that you want to be acquired, um, I think it's very important to be in a niche. Uh, it's helpful to be productized because you know, you have a consistent lead flow, you have a consistent process, you have a consistent product. Um, have everyone on uh some sort of recurring plan, you know, whether it's 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month, 200 bucks a month, just have everyone on a recurring plan cuz then you're uh you have a book of business to sell. Um yeah, those are the 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 major points, I would say. Oh, and establish partnerships with other people in your industry.
0: Yeah, lots of uh lots of wisdom there. So thanks and congratulations on on having that sale and making that happen, a small rabbit hole I want to pick up on with what you just said is, um, you had an active blog. So, mm-hmm. what types of, as a, a web design agency for the legal industry, what were the types of articles on that blog?
1: Yeah, so that's another area where being in a niche really helps. Um, if you're a generalist, you, it's hard to really target your your content well, you can have kind of general, you know, web design and marketing advice. You could have productivity advice, but that's an even more crowded space. Um, If you're niched down like we were, we could, uh, for example, have uh, review articles that were just reviewing other
0: um, software and platforms in the legal industry. Um, and those so just showing like tech thought leadership in your industry
1: exactly and yeah. and at the time there there weren't really any other blogs doing that, so um I think that was that was a big benefit for us. but you know we had some review posts that were generating you know a thousand plus page views a month um, and so that was a really good type of content for us. Um, we also hosted a uh virtual
0: a uh, virtual conference um like a virtual summit type thing yeah exactly yeah. what types uh, of speakers or what was the what was the organizing principles around that
1: uh so being a marketing agency we tried to get uh people to talk about about marketing and we got some people from the legal industry and then a few people from outside of the legal industry just to you know share their insight about marketing and and web design in in the legal industry um and also you know you know efficiency
0: in running your practice using technology that is super cool well i just want to go down that rabbit hole because you mentioned um that marketing piece with the the content and just i think the lesson there is if you're in a niche the content marketing is a lot easier and yep um was it were you doing a lot of like do-it-yourself content for lawyers? Like if you want to be a lawyer and you want to do better marketing yourself, here's how to do it. And then ultimately they were left with the question like, well, can you just do it for me? Or or is that kind of the general types of articles?
1: Yeah. So we definitely did a good amount of that. And I think some people are afraid to give away the keys, but yeah.
0: Um, lawyers are busy, right?
1: <laughs> yeah. And, and most people are busy. Like yeah. if it, when it comes to marketing, web design, building a course, you know, all that kind of stuff, it takes a lot of time. So if you are the kind of person that has more money than time, then you're going to like, look at this article, see all of the things that you have to do and be like, I, I don't want to be bothered with this. I'm just going to hire someone because that's a better, a better use of your of your money than
0: uh, you know, the the money lost
1: doing it yourself.
0: Excellent. Well, let's take a turn to your course, how to build a seven figure web design business. It's one of the top courses on Udemy around web design, right? Yeah, or, I think I, I think I just got the uh, top rated tag yeah, on yeah. Udemy. Um, I, well, so, I was spying on you and I saw there was two thousand six hundred sixty nine students in there and. So, but before we get into like the course itself, why did you decide to do a course after the uh, the sale of the business, or or is it? I'm assuming that's when you started creating it.
1: Yeah. So, a uh, couple of reasons. One was because I thought that I had learned a lot over the course of those three years and wanted to share that knowledge. Um, I, I wanted to increase my own. Profile my own, you know, thought leadership in the space. Um, And then I was thinking that it could be a a good way to uh, feed into Offsprout. And, you know, all of the stuff in the course, I made sure to have it be applicable no matter what technology you're using. I I don't push people to use Offsprout, but I mentioned it in a few places where I need to use um, a website builder uh, in order to, to teach the lesson um, so you know it was, it was a combination of just wanting to share the information wanting to increase my own profile and wanting to feed into offsprout that is awesome
0: and uh what year did you build that uh, i think that was also 2016. so we're a couple years out from that and so you've got um you're getting close to like three thousand students in there. And this is a paid course. It's not a feed course uh, a free course. I've done <laughs> free courses on Udemy for lead generation. And I do have some paid courses in there in a niche in some different niches. And um, I think Udemy is good at what it does. I mean, it's a great place to get leads. Like when I heard you said you're doing it and then you're you're also featuring Osprout. You're not like putting all the eggs on on udemy it's like part of a bigger plan you have a bigger picture
1: right and and to be uh, candid i the course originally was free on yeah. udemy and so I, I think that's a good way to kind of get the ball rolling and get some reviews and get some social proof um, and then you can switch it to to paid and like udemy is great for uh getting a lot of students, it's not great for making money. I think, you know, for, if you want to build courses as your, as your full-time gig, you're much better off using something like Lyft or LMS.
0: Yeah. Yeah. it's um, I you did me several years ago. I can't remember when they, they enforced some pricing <laughs> controls, like where you could only, you, there was a cap to what you could charge. And, uh, I'm not sure if you were in there when that happened or whatever, but, it's not that big of a deal. It's just that there's, there's some trade-offs you make when you go with a hosted LMS versus a self-hosted LMS. The, the great thing about Udemy is all the traffic. Right. <laughs> I mean, they got, they got people coming for days, shopping for courses, and they do a lot of discounts and bundling of courses. So you're benefiting from other course creators. I mean, that's all fantastic.
1: Right. And they do nothing but discounts. I don't know if, <laughs> yeah. if anyone's ever bought a full price course on Udemy. Um, I used
0: to. I mean, I've been with Udemy for, <laughs> my first Udemy course was in 2011, I think. I was like early days Udemy, but yeah. it definitely changed. I, I recently saw your course was 75% off or something. It's And, um, <laughs> and you just enroll in the, uh, the promotional program from Udemy and they're just like, okay, we'll just make this $10. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But there's a place I mean it serves a place. There's there's a um a place for that. Is there anything you learned in terms of becoming a course creator? Like what did you learn? Was this your first course? Like first was, real serious yeah. course? Like how was that? How long did how long did it take to make? Or did yeah. you like crank it out like I'm going to make this this weekend? Uh, I'm I'm not the kind of person that can <laughs> that can work <laughs>
1: fast. Yeah. <laughs> um so I would say I probably put a hundred hours into that course between, you know, coming up with the topics, writing it, recording it, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. it was probably at least a hundred hours. Um, so it, you know, it's, it's a process and you can certainly do it faster. And if I was going to make another course, I think like, I, I you know, it's like, it's like my product web design business. you kind of get your processes in place. And once you have the processes in place, you can be more efficient with it. Um, so I think the same would apply to, to making another course. Uh, I could be more efficient in creating another course. But um, yeah, I, in a, my process was just like going through some other courses on the topic, uh, laying it all out, like laying out the, the main points that I wanted to hit, getting an outline ready, then I wrote, wrote out each lesson. I'm not doing any of that stuff live because I panic when I'm live. Uh, oh, so, like far, so you had a script, uh, audio? audio. Yeah, yeah. Right, I had a script. Um, I, I tried doing it without a script, and I would just freeze up.
0: Well so. that actually brings me to my next question because when I looked around your course and stuff and watched your you know, the course video and everything, it looks very quality, like natural, good lighting, like you really knew what you're doing and you're you're being authentic, you know, you're clearly communicating what the offer is and what it's about. I, so I but it sounds like it. <laughs> it sounds like you did a lot of planning before going on camera or whatever.
1: Yeah. And probably too much planning. It's, you know, it's probably it's more polished than it needs to be. Um, if you're, if you're looking to do a course, I'm not saying that you need to follow the, uh, the exact plan that I did. Um, but it, it works for me and I, I tend to over prepare for, for things.
0: And just to echo what you said, just for you, the course creator out there, I was recording a A sales video about something earlier today and Mm -hmm. above my computer camera I have a bunch of notes of what I was talking about I actually had to re-record it eight times before I could really nail it and feel comfortable and relaxed and that's just part of the deal I mean and I've been doing this a long time it's hard to especially if you got a complex thing and you want to hit all the bullet points and everything and also maintain good eye contact with the camera and whatever it's hard (laughs)
1: <laughs> right. Yeah. And so like a, a lot of my
0: course, the
1: uh, it's not showing my face while right. I'm, while I'm reading it, which is, which
0: takes a lot of pressure off. Right. right. Yeah.
1: Right. So, and I think that uh, if you're recording a course for the first time and you are like me and camera shy, then that's a good way to do it is to just have people focus on, you know, the slides or the demo that you're doing or whatever it, whatever it is that you're doing.
0: And you just have to make one talking head video for the sales video or whatever. Exactly. And even then you, you really don't have to, but it's, you know,
1: I think, I think that does help though. I mean, yeah. you'd know better than I would, but I think it's nice to like show that there is actually is a person behind the course.
0: Well, people do buy from people that they know, like, and trust. And to have your talking head, at least at the beginning or in the main sales video, I think it's a good thing just for people to get to know who they're going to spend their time with. Right, yeah. Well, let's talk about the transition to Offsprout, which is page builder. I was watching, again, another great video, your voice talking about how the page builder works. And I got to say, and this is over at Offsprout.com. Go check that out. Um, it goes back to what I heard earlier in your study or in your um, in your journey where as a service provider, you had 100 clients with five people. In order to do that, you have to value efficiencies and kind of systems thinking. And when you were presenting Offsprout, um, you had a bunch of stuff where like, okay, if I want to change something, I don't need to then go to like. 10 20 100 pages on my website to change a certain type of style. There's like this intelligent global settings that you can mess with. And right, you kept yeah. you kept mentioning these problems, which is how I like to build software around problems, not like features or looking at the competition like what problems are we solving. So one of them was, one of your problems was that I want to build something Quickly, and if, or if and if a client asks me to change something, that I can change it in one place, and wherever I've done that same thing throughout the website it's going to adapt. Can you speak to that a little bit?
1: Yeah. So um, if you if you're doing client work, if you're building websites for clients, you know that uh, even if you do all the work on the front end to make sure that you have their design preferences and like you feel like you know exactly what they're going to be asking for, they're going to see the website and, you know, a a handful of them or half of them are going to say, that looks great, except I want to just change this one thing. And so let's say, for example, you build this great website, you, you like get the client's color scheme, you build this great website, but then afterwards the client is like, you know what, now that I see it, I, I don't really like that shade of blue. Can you just make that shade of blue a little bit lighter?
0: And that's so, not their fault, that's not bad, that's just gonna happen no matter what, really. Right,
1: and and you know, as a web designer, um, if, if you're using other page builders, you might have to go into each module and, and tweak that individually And Offsprout, we centralize stuff like that, so that um, as you can respond to as many um, kind of design uh, change requests as possible from a centralized location rather than having to dive into each page individually
0: that's awesome you also mentioned uh emphasize the templates. what problems does the templates solve yeah and
1: and that's um our focus for q4 we're going to be releasing some more cool features uh for templates but um again clients like Clients like to think that they're all unique snowflakes and they, like, they're the first people to ever have their point of view and their, uh, you know, their taglines, their ideas for how a website should be built. But at the end of the day, there aren't all that many ways to build a website. And as a web design agency, uh, we, we know that, like, we're doing the same things over and over again. Um, and so web design agencies are l- looking more and more to uh, templates to get at, l- at least, you know, get a head start and then they can tweak to their clients uh, preferences um, once, you know, once they've had the you know bones of the design there. Um, and, you know, if you're charging less than, let's say, $20,000 and you're not using these um design efficiencies then you're probably doing something wrong because uh you know if you're doing everything custom and just charging five thousand dollars it's you're not going to be able to scale that business if you're doing everything custom custom and charging a hundred
0: thousand dollars then you've figured something out, out that i couldn't so <laughs> yeah that's a that's an excellent point um what else makes offsprout special
1: so, yeah, I, I mean, the the two main things are centralizing design and our template system. Like, you, you can have your own uh, personal template cloud. So um, you can host all of your templates in your personal template cloud. And then every time you create a new um, site, you can just hook up to that template cloud. We also have what we call the site grower. <clears throat> and that's this kind of design wizard where you enter your client's business information, you uh, tell the site grower what pages you wanna build, what templates you wanna use for those pages, uh, and then the site grower just goes to work and builds your entire site for you and all you have left to do is swap out dummy
0: content. uh, Change the color
1: palette? Yeah, change the color palette, whatever.
0: Wow, that sounds pretty cool. So I guess the problem you're solving there is like you said, it's not, there's people Our websites aren't as unique as they, you know, people might think. And even just subtly changing colors and, you know, different logo, different images or whatever can make a huge difference. Right. And the underlying our architecture is not that different site to site. Right. You're going to have a hero area features, social
1: proof. Contact, you know the the sections are pretty much the same and if you and you don't want to mess with that That template too much because it's not going to convert there are it, Websites are built that way for a reason. It's because uh, They convert and at this point people are kind of expecting a website to look like that you know, navigation headline with the in the hero area then features then social proof then pricing contact whatever it's a formula. It's <laughs> yeah. a formula, yeah.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, you're a productized guy. Like, you, you think in systems, you see systems, you want to be efficient. I want to thank you for sharing all that with us, Sam. Um, what I, I think the page builder space is really exciting because, first of all, it's massive, and more and more people, like the web it, over time becomes easier and easier for non-developers, non-coders, entrepreneurs without tech chops to get into doing building sites and marketing funnels and pages and Mm -hmm. lead capture and all this stuff. Um, So what, where are you guys headed with offsprout? Like if we were to look into the future, what what's next?
1: Yeah. So, you know, more, more efficiency gains. So we're working on our template templating system right now. We're um, going to be, Uh, Giving you the ability to save skins for each module type and have all those um, Manageable from a central location. So like you can have consistent features blocks throughout your site and just change them in one place And they'll update throughout your whole site Um, and then we're uh, In the long term we're looking at um, Possibilities for managing multiple sites um, in one central location. so whether that's a SAS or a multi-site solution or a multi multi-tenancy solution, um, we haven't yet determined that but uh, eventually you'll be able to manage all of your sites in one single location you know manage plugins, users, um, DNS even um, all from a single location. so just efficiency 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 in running your design agency or your your freelance
0: agency. Well, Sam, I want to thank you for coming and sharing your journey with us with the LMS Cast audience. You've gone from services to courses to software. If people want to check out the service business we were talking about, it what is the name of it? JurisPage, So that's jurispage.com. So if you want to look at like a niched web design service marketing slash marketing service, go check that out. Um, his course is called "How to Build a Seven Figure Web Design Business" on Udemy. It's probably on sale. You can find a coupon code. Uh, go check and, that out. Go and ahead.
1: I'll I'll actually give you a, a coupon code after after we're done recording, so that people can get it for free. Because I'm you know I'm not that's not a, a revenue
0: generator for me. So maybe you can throw that in the show notes. Absolutely, we'll definitely do that. And then the product is called Offsprout. It's a page builder with efficiency in mind. And that's over at offsprout.com. Where else can good people find you on the internet?
1: Yeah. So this is typically where people give out their Twitter handle. um, But I am terrible with social media and I I don't really use it. So if you want to get in touch with me, old school email is the way to go. Sam at
0: offsprout.com. That is awesome. Easy to remember easy to spell like when i first heard the name of your business it's it i immediately like i didn't never had to hear it again and i knew how to spell it so good job with that one (laughs) but uh sam thank you so much for coming on the show we really appreciate it
1: yeah thanks for having me chris
0: and that's a wrap for this episode of lms cast i'm your guide chris badgett i hope you enjoyed the show this show was brought to you by lifter lms the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.